0: Stu
1: Does America. Enter anyone but Biden 2024 merch at Stu DoesMerch.com. The code is STU10 to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right now, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications. I would say it's extra important today. We've got cool stuff coming up on YouTube a little bit later on. Pat Gray is going to be here to give us his thoughts on the state of the 2024 race. Be sure to stick around until the end of the show. As I said, i got a big announcement to make, and you're going to like it. But we start by doing Biden's ISIS border crisis. Didn't even intend for that to ride, but it did so, so well. Now, look, a lot of people... We're looking around, trying to figure out what the big story was today. And you may have seen uh, big stories like this. For example, Burger King must fa- face a lawsuit claiming its Whoppers are too small. And I did not realize Jeffy had a legal license, but uh, apparently he does. Or this one, uh, Haley and Justin Bieber's contrasting outfits uh, spark stupidly intense internet debate. And uh, I-, I will say, Justin Bieber went out to a promotional event uh, in Crocs. And I think that's a great development. I, that's, we need to get to that point. I need to be famous enough that I can go out in Crocs and people don't really notice. That's where I need to get to. Not there yet. I'm now at the point where I can go out in Crocs and nobody notices, which is almost as good, I will say. Um, the biggest story of the day is a story that nobody's really talking about. And I can, I'm pretty sure that's just true. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that one is completely true. There's a lot going on, and it has to do with the border. Now, y- there is some border reporting out today and some of it's pretty interesting. In fact, seven prominent Democrats have now turned on Biden over soft bo- border policies, a federal crisis of inaction. And this has been something we've been following over uh, a long period of time, but let me give you some of the background on this. Uh, here is, uh, this is Kirsten Sinema from earlier this year, Democrat, although she, well, she was a Democrat, now she, I guess she's an independent, but here she is criticizing Biden on the border. The Biden administration had two years to prepare for this and did not do so. And our state is going to bear the brunt and migrants will be in crisis as soon as next week. It will be a humanitarian crisis because we are not prepared. Hmm, That's not good. Then there was, uh, of course, uh, Massachusetts Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. What can we do to solve this crisis? I mean, God forbid they've bust a few migrants up to our state, what do we do? Or more to the point, what do you do about it? Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family if you're a local official a college president a business owner or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community please work with us to offer it as a shelter site if you're a social service provider please consider becoming an emergency assistance homeless shelter provider our resources are stretched thin there as well mm. and if you're a hotel or a motel owner a consider owner. opening it up for emergency assistance that's me If you're a landlord or a property owner, we can use you too. We can connect you with service providers Mm -hmm. to help transition families into permanent housing. Ah. Everyone Everyone. has something they can offer. Yes. Like, I'm sure, for example, um, Driscoll has moved in 20, 30 uh, immigrant families into her home. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I assume it's true. I mean, that's the thing. Just move illegal immigrants into your house. Sounds great. I know. I, mean, I don't even let my friends come over to my house, let alone illegal immigrants that I don't know. Uh, but that's what you're supposed to do to solve the crisis that we created or they created. Because I don't remember. D- did I have something to do with it? Was it? Did I not guard the border? Was that me? Was I arguing for free passes for everyone to come across whenever they want and just live on the uh, dime of, of our government that I'm supposed to be funding as well? Was that me? Because I don't remember it being me. I remember it being them. I remember them doing that. But I guess it's my responsibility to fix it, that's how this works? Sounds fair. Uh, here is Mark Kelly again. You know, Mark Kelly, I'm no fan of Mark Kelly, but here's what he said. I spent a lot of time on our southern border and let me just say it's a mess, it's chaos, it's crisis after crisis. I worked in Washington to bring more border patrol agents to the state of Arizona. I've been strong on border security and I have stood up to Democrats when they've been wrong on this issue, including the president. When the president decided he was gonna do something dumb and on this and change the rules that would create a bigger crisis, I told him he was wrong. So I pushed back on the administration multiple times. Now, of course, he's in campaign mode there, but of course, uh, much of what he's saying is actually true, probably unintentionally in his particular uh, place. Uh, we also have Maura Healy, She's the governor of Massachusetts. She said in recent months, Demand has increased to levels that our emergency shelter system cannot keep up with, especially as the number of families leaving shelter has dwindled due to a lack of affordable housing options and barriers to securing work. I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts and urging my partners in the federal government to take action. We need to, to uh, address the crisis by streamlining the work authorization process and passing comprehensive immigration reform. Oh, good luck with that one. I mean, one of the things uh, is interesting is they keep going back to this this idea that, uh, well, oh, Congress can act. They can do a comprehensive immigration reform that would not solve the problem. It would only uh, it, it would probably solve some of the problems, but it would not uh, discourage people from coming across the border It would encourage more coming in. Though throwing money at some of the problems like, you know, housing or food or whatever can help, I guess, at some level. Uh, Eric Adams, of course, has been one of the most most entertaining characters, honestly, throughout this entire process, because here's a guy who came into office saying, oh, we're a sanctuary city. We will be here forever. We will always be open and welcome. Do you believe these people in Texas who don't even want these illegal immigrants there? It's so sad. Uh, He's changed his tune quite a bit. It was uh, yesterday you said uh, you're on pace to spend five billion on migrant care in this fiscal year to, to give people some perspective that is more than the city uh, spends on sanitation parks, and the fire department combined. Huh. So you're asking for like drain on resource, that,
0: right? A combination, more than money, because the faucet is flowing. We have to stop the faucet. We have to make sure we have a real decompression strategy at the border. And we have to ensure that we have real immigration reform because it's going to continue. It's not sustainable. When you look at 10000 a month, the math just does not add up.
1: Do you remember when these people were saying, "I can't believe you're complaining about the cost of illegal immigrants. They're helping our society. They're doing everything. They're wonderful members of our our our, our, uh, our society. And look at all the great things they're doing." Well, look, some of them have done great things, I, I suppose. Uh, you know, if you're illegal, you're breaking the law coming in, so no, thank you. But I do understand that not everyone is the is some huge drain on society. I'm sure that's true, but. Overall, illegal immigrants are a massive drain on society. They do all sorts of damage, and it costs tons and tons of money to the federal government, but, but also border state government. Uh, it is a is something that everyone down here, where I am right now in Texas, has to deal with on a daily basis. Now, we're somehow able to, like, get through life. Uh, New York, Chicago, Boston, D.C., they don't seem to be able to do that. Uh, we do get through. Life here, uh, even though it is a strain on our society, uh, you know, look, when you have a bunch of people coming here that aren't contributing to your society and instead are taking money from, uh, from the government and taking resources and taking hotel rooms, hotel rooms that could be either from paying customers or, you know, God, something like a homeless veteran or something, we're seeing that that is une- uh, unearthing all sorts of uh, various problems and they're not gonna go away. The more free stuff you give out, the more you're incentivizing people to come, you know, like a lot of these, you know, I don't think Belize is, is coming up with I don't know if Costa Rica is coming up with the sort of a, uh, packages that we're offering here when it comes to free giveaways. Now this is of course, escalated. Uh, there was violence erupting among protesting groups outside of the New York City mayor uh, Eric Adams, who you just saw. and his home as the migrant crisis has now hit a fever pitch, although I still think it can get much, much worse and can will continue to get worse as long as any of these people are in charge. Now the governor of the state is, has been absolutely horrible. We all know the previous governor was awful. Andrew Cuomo was awful.com. Kathy Hochul, not much better. In fact, could be worse in some ways. Uh, she has been talking about how to solve this problem. And, and you know, the, the, you've heard multiple people come back to the solution. It's laughable. Listen. I have sent a letter to President Biden formally requesting immediate executive action in four key areas. First, expedited work authorization. Oh, so we can get perfect. these people out of shelters and into the jobs. Oh, okay. Perfect. Financial support for federal housing vouchers, oh. schools, health care, legal services, case management, and shelter for us to provide We don't want to take care of them. We don't want to pay. Secrets. That's step one and two. The use of more federal facilities to construct new temporary shelters. We don't want them around here. And reimbursement for the cost of our National Guard, which have been on the ground at these shelters throughout the state since last year. Give us more money. I got it. Uh, there's the, the quick plan. Uh, get them to work. Well, first of all, they don't have houses, right? So putting them to work, I mean, can they get jobs when they can't even put an address down? That's probably pretty hard. Uh, maybe a, a, a an issue as far as uh, actually acquiring a job. And of course, many of these people Don't even want to work. That's not why they're here. They're here to get their free giveaways, and so they don't need to work. And by the way, incentivizing the more illegal immigrants to come is what happens when you say, "Hey, we're going to give you all these benefits. We're going to give you basically the rights of a full citizen, uh, maybe without voting." And of course, in New York, who even knows if that's true? Uh, The bottom line is this is something that's going to create more problems for New York. Uh, Although, again, it's always short-term thinking. It may alleviate the immediate problems here and there. But this will create longer term problems where they get worse and worse and worse over time. And of course, they just want a bunch of money and let, let them work was the message from Kathy Hochul. Let them work. Uh, you know, again, uh, this is just absurd. When's the last time anyone in New York actually busted someone on illegal immigration co- charges? Anyway, when did that even? When do they enforce those laws? They might as well just just say, go ahead, go work. What are we going to do about it? What they want, of course, are the federal resources associated. Now, the Biden administration has ha- seen all of this pressure from Democrats, and it's decided to fire back. They basically are saying it's your fault. Like, screw you. It's your fault. You, your problem. You deal with it. You handle it. And honestly, like. I don't necessarily hate that answer. I think I would like the idea, for example, if we could leave immigration policy up to, let's say, the states. Let's say Greg Abbott could uh, get in charge of that, and he could be the one increasing efforts on the border. The problem, of course, was when this was attempted by Arizona years back, the administration, then the Obama administration, fought it all the way, all the way to the Supreme Court, and actually won the case basically saying that actually it's the federal government that's in charge of all immigration policy. So you can't do anything to protect yourself on the border. That was basically what the court said. So all these things that they're now, they're basically saying like, we're not gonna protect the border. We're also not gonna pay for any of the problems associated with it. Those are your problems. Well, the government screwing things up as usual. But it's worse than that. As I started this monologue, I talked about what the big story of the day is. And yeah, the border is the big story of the day, and all these things are super important. But that's not the really big story of the day, the story that really you probably haven't seen anywhere. I will say there is one exception to that, which is CNN, who actually did report on this story, and I give them credit for reporting on it. Very rarely will I give CNN credit, but they deserve it in this particular case, mostly, even though I didn't love every aspect of their reporting on the issue. It's important that you know about it, and it does seem to be confirmed by the government. This is not something that I'm speculating on, does not seem like it's something that is Um, you know, uh, a right-wing report or some guess from one border uh, official, the government seems to be basically shrugging their shoulders and saying, yeah, this did occur. Have you heard this today? Exclusive smuggler with ties to ISIS helped migrants enter the U.S. from Mexico, raising alarm bells across government. Let me give you some of this report. The FBI is investigating more than a dozen Uzbek uh, nationals uh, allowed to uh, enter the U.S. as they sought after they sought asylum. So again, this is coming through this process that we've been complaining about for years. This is through the asylum process. It wasn't like they s- just snuck in. They tried to get through, go through the asylum process at the southern border with Mexico earlier this year. And they are U- U- Uzbek nationals. They they said a scramble off when the U.S. intelligence officials found that migrants traveled with the help of a smuggler with ties to ISIS, according to multiple U.S. officials. They're trying to get the word out. Now, now the Biden administration is not going to be excited to tell you about this, but people inside the uh, the border uh, situation there are saying, hey, we got to let people know while the fbi says no specific isis plot has been identified officials are still working to identify and assess all the individuals who gained entry to the united states according to a statement from the national security spokesperson adrian watson now it's important a lot of times uh, officials government officials do this they'll extend what they're saying so you don't really focus on any part of it uh, this this is identify and assess now that sounds like a nice little uh, government process oh they're going to uh, see what's going on with the with what with these uh, particular uh, potentially terrorist-tied individuals who came in through the asylum process. But start with the beginning of it. Identify. They don't even know who these people are. We have an ISIS-tied smuggler who has let at least 12 people into the country, and we don't even know who those 12 people are, let alone what they're going to do next. Going on with CNN reporting, they are closely scrutinizing a number of migrants as possible criminal threats, according to two U.S. officials. Now, this is where the CNN comes in a little bit. You need to understand this is still a CNN report, though. There is no evidence at this point to justify detaining anyone. The episode was so alarming that an urgent classified intelligence report was circulated to President Joe Biden's top cabinet officials in their morning briefing book. Here's the thing. If someone crosses into the country illegally, there is evidence to justify getting them and holding them. That's the whole point. If you know they came in under false pretenses, if you know they came in with the help of an ISIS smuggler, then yes, there is justification to detain them and you should do so immediately if you can figure out who they are. Unbelievable. For some counterterrorism officials, it shows that the U.S. is deeply vulnerable to the possibility that terrorists could sneak across the southern border by hiding amid the surge of migrants entering the country in search of asylum. The incident kicked off a flurry of urgent messages among top national security and administration officials at a time when Republicans have hammered Biden on the security of the southern border heading into the 2024 campaign. Staff on key congressional committees have been informed of the incident according to two sources familiar with the matter. Why are we only hearing about this now? The Biden administration didn't do a press conference as soon as they found out and say, holy crap, there's 12 people in this country. We're not exactly sure who they are, but they're Uzbek nationals. And by the way, they're tied to an ISIS smuggler. That's not where we got this from. We got this from people inside the administration leaking it so that you will find out because if they did not leak it, you wouldn't find out. The administration would never tell you about this. And the fact that there are potential ISIS terrorists inside of the country right now, plotting God knows what, didn't rise to the importance level. They had to instead say, and this is a statement that just came out yesterday, we talked about it yesterday, that white supremacy is the biggest threat as far as terrorists go in the United States. Of course, Joe Biden knew that ISIS had smuggled in 12 people to the United States. But he came out yesterday and said it was white supremacy anyway. Maybe that's the reason we heard about this from CNN today. And again, I give CNN some credit here for actually allowing this news to be reported and confirming it with multiple government officials, including on-the-record statements about the incident. But still, why do we? Why is there any delay in letting us know about this? It's vital information for the American people. We have people, uh, you know, the left is talking about, Uh, God knows what. They're always complaining about some there's some new woke thing. They're talking about Ron DeSantis and his his uh, his history curriculum and how that's responsible for mass shootings and then blaming white supremacy for the terrorism. When we have ISIS smuggled people inside this country across the border through the exact process we explained months and months ago. It's not just me. Conservatives across the spectrum said, hey, this is a problem. This is going to be a crisis. As I mentioned earlier, even Democrats came to the table and said, this is a catastrophe. What is going on right now is a real problem and is going to create bigger problems down the road. Well, the bigger problem has arrived, boys and girls. It's ISIS. And now we have them in the country confirmed by CNN that at least they were smuggled in by an ISIS person. Now, look, it could be a situation where an ISIS guy is just like, look, you know, I want to get some grandmas and grandpas in to see their grandkids. Could be that. Could be completely innocuous. But my suspicion is they're here for bad reasons. Here we are, though, with a a presidential election around the corner, and it takes months and months and months for us to even get this information to complain about it. And minute, we're going to talk to Pat Gray. He comes into studio to talk to us about the presidential election, the field as it stands right now, and uh, the border as well. He's coming up next. Well, sure, we have some uh, ISIS uh, people inside uh, our borders, but that's just one of our problems. How about our spending? How about central banks like China and India and Australia as they begin transitioning to some digital currency? And the Federal Reserve has been contemplating this for a while. They, they want to bring that to us. Why? Well, they can track what you're doing. They can block you from certain purchases. How are you going to buy a gun? Uh, when the, uh, you're buying with digital dollars and they decide, well, none of these people who sell guns are allowed to accept digital dollars. We're gonna make that rule. Who knows what happens down the road Make sure that you're prepared with Birch Gold Group. They have, want you to have physical gold. Uh, they believe that you having physical assets, not you know, some digital thing, not some paper thing. Real gold held in a tax-sheltered retirement account. They think it's a good idea. I think you will as well. Learn if gold is right for you. Do your research. Uh, make sure it's right for your family before you act, of course. But text Stu to the number 989898. and they'll send you a free info kit on gold so you can start your research. they got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold has been helping listeners of this program from the very beginning. Text STU to the number 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. It's Birch Gold. Check it out now. Birch Gold. I'm joined now by Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed right here on Blaze TV. A man who does not currently look like he could possibly be the purveyor of Kexi cookies.
0: <laughs> I mean, slim and trim, Pat Gray. Uh, thank you. How much weight have you lost? Uh, let's see. It's like 54 pounds. Probably. <laughs> 54 pounds. That's incredible.
1: Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th- now this is Partially inspired by a, a, a bit of a health scare.
0: Partially inspired by that, yeah. It finally got me serious, you know, about doing so, changing my eating habits. Yeah. And so, it really works when you completely change everything you used to do. <laughs> but, it's not just, it's not a diet. Yeah. It's the way I have to live my life now. So, you know. It may turn out to be that diabetes was the best thing that ever happened to me.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so diabetes, I mean, you didn't even know you had it, right? We've well, talked didn't about this know. a little bit before, but. Until I wound up in ICU that time in February. Terrifying. And then they said, wow, you are a really sick man. I thought I just had a kidney stone. So that's what I went in for and turned out I had kidney failure happening. Uh, had the kidney stone, plural. Uh, and then, uh. A glucose level of 750. <laughs> that doesn't which, sound good. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it doesn't no, sound good. No, the outer limit of where you should be is 130. Okay. <laughs> so it was slightly higher, higher than yeah, normal. Uh, yeah. And a normal A1C is, you know, you, you're pre-diabetic if you're over, I think it's 5.7. Um, my A1C was 13. Oh my so God. I was not in good, good shape. In, not in good shape at, at all. At the
1: time, so. So you had to change your eating habits. And I yeah. remember when you first started describing this, it, I, you know, not, to, not that I would doubt you in any way, of course, mm-hmm. but it didn't mm-hmm. seem like something you could
0: continue to do for a long period of
1: time. Right. It was a very restrictive diet, at least yes. initially,
0: right? And, and it still is. Yeah. I mean, I rarely stray from it. I mean, it's really rare if I, um, like when Jackie will bring home a little cookie sample or something, yeah. and I'll try that and say, oh yeah, that was really good. That's about as far as I go. Wow, Yeah. that's incredible. My new thing, instead of ice cream, um, Zapples, Love apples now. Oh, apples, really? Apples. Which Do you have a, is it apple crisp or uh, where are you going? It's uh, Fuji. Fuji, are Fuji Fuji guy. apples are my favorite. Ah. Very sweet, very delicious. Mm. Uh, I've eaten more apples in the last six months than in the rest of my life combined. <laughs> There's no doubt about that it's and when you're
1: restrictive on a diet, I remember Gillette talking about this where, where like he ate potato his diet was all potatoes for like yeah, six months. Remember the story and he lost like a hundred pounds yeah, and he would have like one grape and it would be like an orchestra of taste <laughs> in his <laughs> mouth, you know yeah because uh, that does happen when you don't have anything sweet for a long time, an apple's incredible,
0: yeah it yes. That's very true. Mm. You can see why oranges were a big day uh, for Christmas. A big, a huge yeah. prize and present in the 1800s. Because yeah. you never, never got them. Yeah. They come from Florida. And if you live in the north, you know, in the 1800s, it was tough to get a hold of them. So yeah, I, I remember a treat it
1: was. reading something a while ago just on the wonders of capitalism saying what the most requested Christmas gifts were at the turn of the century of 1900. Yeah. And it was like nuts. <laughs> fruit now i want a 1100
0: yeah. playstation 5 exactly
1: um in in addition to just the changes though you mm-hmm. are taking one of these miracle drugs yeah one of these one of these newfangled mm-hmm. uh, weight loss drugs also for diabetes drug that's yeah. how they started yeah. which
0: one is it is it a, it's mangero Mongero okay mm-hmm. and it's worked really well really really well because i was initially on 70 units of insulin per day so i took 15 units three times a day before every meal and then 25 units at night i went from that four times a day to mangero once a week and and no no insulin at all it got you off insulin completely completely. off insulin my 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 primary care physician said yeah yeah i asked him will it, will there ever be ever be time if i get my numbers down if i change my diet nope you'll be on insulin the rest of your life well that lasted about two months and this has kept you off of it and you know completely it's incredible and my a1c you know when it was 13 it's now 5.4 it i mean it's lower than even pre-diabetes so,
1: Jeez, I mean, it's incredible. I was reading a story yesterday about the parent company of not Monjaro, which is Eli Lilly, but this was uh, the Ozempic's uh, Wegovi parent company, which is Novo Nordisk. Okay, And they are now they're in Denmark and they've this is blown up so big that economists now are changing the way they calculate their economic numbers for the country. And breaking out Novo Nordisk separately because they can't tell what's going on in the country anymore because this one company is so successful That's that amazing. it's overwhelming the country's output. And now they can't tell what's going on. It's wow. it's basically wow. uh, you know, there's two economies with and without this one
0: company, Novo incredible. Nordisk. It really is incredible. But, I mean, they're miracle drugs. I, and what, it just makes you feel f- like full, it takes away yeah. the cravings for food. Um, it does, it does make you feel like you don't want to eat. You're rarely hungry. When I was on, um, uh, I've gone from Monjero. I think it's five milligrams mm-hmm. to two and a half. So it's, I'm on the lowest dose the lowest now. one. Hmm. So I get hungry now, um, but for a while, I was hungry maybe once a day, and then you just eat a little bit and you're done. I mean, it's It's great. uh, It's incredible. It's incredible. It really is incredible. Okay.
1: Uh, We got sidetracked there. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad you're alive. Thank you. This is a good development. Um, Now that you're alive, you can analyze politics even more because you don't do that enough every day on Pat Gray Unleashed. (laughs) Um, I want to get your take on the debates and where we are in the race. I mean, Mm. I, a lot of people were saying, "Well, I don't care about this debate because Trump's not there." Some people were just like, "Ah, oh, I'm sick of debates that we never get anything out of them." Mm-hmm. I thought it was a relatively interesting debate. They talked yeah. about policy relatively. a little bit.
0: You know, mm-hmm. what, what did you think? What did you make of it? Um, I, I really thought that uh, Trump probably was a winner of the night not being yeah, there. Yeah. and I really, I, I actually enjoyed his interview with Tucker. I, I thought that was fun. But, um, as far as who did the best, I, I thought that that DeSantis and and Ramaswamy, mm. were the stood head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I kept hearing that Nikki Haley did such a great job. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I did not get that at least I the night Of I will say that the polling has held up that she did pretty well, yeah. along with Vivek and DeSantis. Those seem to be the three winners. A yeah. little bit of Pence in there too. People
0: like <sighs> Pence. He was terrible. I thought he was terrible. <laughs> and Nikki Haley, you know, with her warmongering... Um, and her stance on abortion the, yeah. I, you know, she was talking about how it, it's been harmful to Republicans and so who cares? I mean, even if it has, and I, I don't necessarily believe it's been harmful, the, our stance on abortion, but is it not worth it uh, if it saves one life? <laughs> I mean, it's, I know that's a, a Democrat rallying cry, but it's true. If it, if it saves babies lives, it's worth doing. Even if it does cost some elections, and we know it's already saved tens of thousands of yeah. lives, like that's already done, and, and is that not worth it? What
1: policy brings that sort of outcome? I mean, it's very rare that you have a. You can't if you lower taxes, you're not saving tens of thousands of lives. Right. I mean, this is a. It is. It's already been, I think, a success. Uh, I had the same problem with you as as you did uh, with Haley's answer on that, because it was first of all, it was not leadership. It was like no, right. it was almost like a. a a republican consultant talking point like hey like i think this might hurt your polls so you probably shouldn't really dive in and while that Mm -hmm. might be realistic i mean she's right we cannot pass a a ban of any sort nationwide we don't have we don't have the votes yeah but like while that's okay to acknowledge and and acknowledge the realist point of view you should also be aspiring to something and i saw none of that from her
0: none right it's like and, and that's what I want to see from the candidates is, do you care about this issue? Do you care about children? It's a big issue to me. Yeah. It's one of the biggest. And, and the war is a big issue to me right now. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Mm. Can we please stop fighting other nations' battles? Please. I, I, you know, and we didn't, I wasn't always that way. I mean, I, I thought we should go into Iraq. I thought we should go into Afghanistan. But they, Afghanistan drew out so long that I think it woke me up. Let's just mm-hmm. stop now, okay? Let's stop with fighting other people's wars. Let's stop injecting ourselves into every situation around the world. Let's stop nation building. Let's focus on us because we've gone off the rails here and we've got enough to worry about.
1: Well, let me make you a, uh, 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 an advisor for Ron DeSantis here for a minute because mm-hmm. DeSantis is, he's not Nikki Haley. He, I, he's not really Vivek Ramaswamy either, who's really just like, let's just pull out right now and no more, and it's over, right? Like, yeah. which,
0: you know, I can understand- He does seem to be somewhere in between.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. and I know, he doesn't seem to be completely sure where he is on this one. <laughs> I mean, look, he's a great governor. He's done a great job, but he hasn't had to deal with lots of, mm-hmm. uh, or, I mean, he, obviously he had some military experience. He's had experience in Congress, but that hasn't been his forte per se. So what do you, what's the way to walk this line? Because, I mean, I think the argument from the Nikki Haley side is, if we just pull out all of our money right now, Vladimir Putin and his army are going to rush across this country. There will be, I mean, Mm -hmm. you talk about dead children. There's going to be a lot of them. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of dead Ukrainian children and adults and everybody else. They will push up against a NATO border, which creates all sorts of potential problems for us. If we just
0: abandon them, it's going to be ugly. What do you do? I I think you focus on on a peace effort. And and really strong arm both sides into coming to the table and talking peace and getting this thing settled yeah it's got to stop it has to stop and that's something we haven't done how is it possible that we haven't said okay we're all going to meet in oslo norway and we're going to finish this thing we're going to work this out and and stop the fighting i you know trump has kind of talked about that yeah he's been the one that's kind of been his it was his proposed approach yeah and Although he thinks he, he could wrap it up in a day. I don't, I don't know if he could wrap it up in a day, but I think I really believe he could wrap it up. Yeah, I think he
1: could. What do you think about his comment, though? He did say, if Putin won't come to the table, I'm going to arm Ukraine more than anyone has ever armed them. Yeah. He I, talked
0: about sending even more to not Ukraine. Good.
1: Not good. Is that just an empty Trump threat, though? Maybe. Is that, you
0: know He does. You know, He has a tendency to... I don't know if <laughs> haven't noticed this. this. No, have you? You haven't noticed? No, I haven't. You haven't noticed? No. Every once in a while he'll exaggerate a bit. Willing. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I thought he really was best friends with Kim Jong-un <laughs>
1: and also was about to nuke him to death the next right? day, which well, was, I thought, a strange stance.
0: <laughs> but I thought he, you know. Maybe he might have exaggerated a bit. Yeah. I'm not sure. But. Yeah. Because I think that's interesting because it really has become a, a high priority issue for you. I yeah, mean, it, I, it really I, has. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a new position for me. It, new in that it's been about maybe 10 years since I've felt this way. Let's stop meddling in everybody else's affairs. Let's yeah. bring our troops home. Let's concentrate on our own issues. One thing I felt watching
1: this and um, you know, we're running out of time here, but looking at like trying to wrap this up, there's this idea that you'd, you go to them and you say, hey, you know, we need to come to some sort of solution. Let's we see the borders are right about here right now. Let's mm-hmm. do a demilitarized zone of some sort and, and hash this thing out. And if I'm Ukraine, I, like if I'm a, I'm a talk show host in Ukraine, I'm saying, screw that idea. I want Crimea back. I want it all back. Right. But th- yeah. if they want to do that, that is their right. I just yeah. feel like that needs to be their doing. That's not us helping them do it. That's not if they want to take that risk, they can take that risk. Sure. But right now we're just giving them kind of the backing and for this to never end.
0: I yeah. Feel like. And we're not uh, it doesn't seem like anyway. I don't know what's going on behind, you know, the scenes and back channels and all that. But it doesn't seem like we're putting any pressure on them. to to bring an end to this Hmm. on either side, and we should be, and they owe us, you know, how much have we, we've pumped in over 200 billion in total aid, military, humanitarian, you you add it all up, it's over 200 billion dollars, and then, did you see that Zelensky just said, yeah, I'll hold a free and open election uh, if you pay for it, wait what we're paying for it he said he's not gonna he's not gonna use funds from the war to fund an election uh those are our funds to begin with and we'll tell you what to do with them uh okay how about that
1: uh it's (laughs) it's amazing okay last question for you before you go uh look at the field right now Mm -hmm. and divide the give me a percentage odds of three categories category one Donald Trump wins the uh, election, uh, the uh, the primary. Okay. Category two, Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. wins the primary. Category three, anyone else in the field wins the primary. If you got to divide up
0: 100%, how do you divide that up? Uh, 98% with Trump. Really? That high. Two percent with DeSantis. And, 0% and anyone zero percent. zero for anybody else. Wow. Yeah. You, so you, you think this is over basically? I think it's over. I, I don't see anybody. Well, I mean Vivek has gotten a little. Yeah. He's a, had a little, little bit, bit of, run. of uh, traction, but. He's still, what, 40 points behind Trump. Yeah. And I I only see him strengthening as they keep piling charges on him. So I don't know. I don't know how anybody else uh, comes close to him right now. Well, if it strengthens him uh, to have these trials, the fact that they scheduled it the day before Super
1: Tuesday oh, is probably going to help. He probably will <laughs> win gonna state. Uh, Pat Gray, be sure to catch him on Pat Gray Unleashed right here on Blaze TV. Also, try out Kexi.com. Kexi.com, mm-hmm. the most delicious cookies in the whole wide world. Pat, thanks so much for coming Thank on the program. You. Make sure to stay tuned to the end of the show. We've got a cool announcement for you. I think you're going to like quite a bit. That's coming up in just a few minutes. First, I want to tell you about uh, the Washington Examiner op-ed. This says it's time for several Republicans to quit the presidential race. Now, the thesis here is, look, Trump is obviously the leader. We need only people who could potentially beat him in the primary And everyone else should get out immediately. Who do they say should get out? Well, pretty much everybody, with the exception of four people. Ron DeSantis, uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and Tim Scott. And that's it. So Vivek, they're even saying, who's, by the way, second or third in the polls. uh, They want him to get out as well. Uh, Now, look, Pence... Pence had a, um, a debate that polled relatively well, um, but honestly, like uh, his negatives are so high in the party. I don't think he has any chance uh, to actually win the nomination. We will see if that is true. So they said it's time for everyone to jump out, drop out except for those four people. And someone listened. Mayor, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez drops out of the 2024 GOP race. Now, actually, he didn't listen to that. He just did it on his own. Uh, he did not make the debate. And he's the first person to really drop out. Suarez, uh, you know, look, Miami has had a really good run of success. Uh, He was the only Hispanic candidate in the race. He's seen as an up-and-comer in the party, uh, but you know, really no room for him here. Was not making an impact. Probably smart for him to get out at this point. Um, Harris Messenger poll uh, is out now. Biden-Trump in a dead heat. Ramaswamy has won the debate according to that poll. We've seen basically some pretty clear things here on in polling since the debate. Swami and DeSantis uh, did very well. Nikki Haley showed up pretty well in some of the debates. Pence did well in some of the debate polls as well. The race remains very, very close. Another poll has uh, six points now, a lead for uh, for Biden over Trump. Uh, he already drops six points in the post debate poll. Uh, however, uh, you know, once again, It seems like he's got a massive, massive lead. And, and, you know, someone said to me, uh, well, you know, you keep talking about these polls and it's too early for polling to to really matter. And I have given that disclaimer many, many times. It is important that, you know, polls are just a a snapshot of where we are right now. I mentioned the poll that shows that most independents believe that Donald Trump is guilty of these crimes. And the main reason uh, that I, I pointed that poll out was not to say it's a foregone conclusion that everyone will end up that way. But for Republicans and conservatives and Trump supporters, if you happen to be one of them, to realize that you have work to do with the American people to convince them your guy didn't come up with major, create major, major problems here uh, and is guilty of some of the stuff. And if he's guilty, they don't want to vote for him. So it's important to realize that we can't just lean back solely on this idea that the DOJ is out to get Donald Trump may very well be true. I think it is true in a lot of ways. But like you also have to come up with an argument that shows that he's innocent of this and pick apart these cases so that people can see that for themselves and not just believe a candidate making a case for himself. By the way, if you happen to miss it, Donald Trump joined us and addressed a lot of these things on the radio show this morning. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast or watch the broadcast. He was in hour three near the end of the show today on the Glenn Beck radio program. Speaking of Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck radio program, years ago when he was hosting the radio program, uh, and if you know anything about radio, your whole career is basically spent moving from city to city to city to city. You get really familiar with the process of buying and selling real estate. And Glenn had done this so many times and had so many bad experiences, he decided to say, hey, like, wouldn't it be appropriate if we had some way to screen through these agents, like find the best ones? So I'm not just guessing and, you know, calling a number that I see on a bench ad. Well, that's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's the place to go to find the best agent in your area, whether you're buying a home, whether you're selling a home, it doesn't matter. Get the best price on either side of the transaction and make sure that transaction goes by uh, very smoothly because it is the most important financial transaction you'll probably ever make. realestateagentsitrust.com, the name kind of says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. Eminem is coming after Vivek Ramaswamy saying he needs to stop using his music after, uh, uh, after uh, Ramaswamy rapped Lose Yourself, his song. And look, this works for everybody. This is one of those things where people say what they have to say for their own benefit. There's nothing Eminem can do to stop Vivek Ramaswamy from singing his songs. That's not a thing. You can't stop someone from rapping songs of yours. That's not something you can do. You actually can't really stop them from playing the songs, but especially you can't stop them from singing the song themselves. That's not something you can actually do. People are able to sing songs when they want to sing songs. Uh, secondary, so that make. but the reason this is happening is because Eminem wants to be look good to his, his, his liberal friends, right? He gets to say, I tried to stop it. That bastard keeps doing it. And Ramaswamy looks cool because uh, he's pissing off Hollywood, so that helps him. Everyone gets helped here. That's how this works. It's a nice uh, equal transaction for everybody's benefit. I will say, look, Eminem, get, 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 look, get over yourself. Everyone gets so excited about Eminem and what a, what a genius he is. This song, you know, it's one of his most famous songs. And one of the first things he says is, is, is he's talking about his mom's spaghetti. And like, I don't know, can you be a genius if you're singing about your mom's spaghetti? That's a great question. I don't know. It's not one that I can answer. Maybe Vivek, next time he comes on, can answer that. I know he's a big fan, but I'm sure Vivek will do whatever the hell he wants to do because you can't tell people in America not to sing your freaking songs. Well, I've been promising uh, kind of a big announcement, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, We talk about the country quite a bit. And we talk about how Joe Biden has basically turned it into a socialist hellhole. And, you know, that's true in so many freaking ways, or at least we're on the path to it. And we need to change paths. We need to do something different. I don't know. I don't like the way the country is going. I don't like what's happening right now in our country. And we have been looking all around and trying to analyze all the candidates. I do think there's been something sort of missing in the conversation so far. We something that we really need. We need the conversation to be expanded. We need. I feel. I still think new voices. And you know, people are talking about dropping out of the race, but you know, a new candidate is getting into the race, and it's someone I want you to kind of understand and 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 kind of hear from. We're going to be talking about him in the coming uh, weeks, um, but we're going to be talking about his video. His video is going to be up on my YouTube page here in a little bit. And he kind of gives the ultimate Biden takedown, yeah, which I think is really important right now for people to hear because everyone's kind of fighting with each other, right? On the right, right now, there's all this fighting going on with each other. Candidates are pissed off at each other. Everyone's yelling at each other. And this new candidate, who you can, by the way, see his video on my YouTube page here in just a little bit, is sort of... Uh, Uh, maybe an election game changer. Maybe we're seeing a difference in the 2024 election, somebody who's going to change the conversation a little bit. And I think he really crystallizes the way we should think about this primary process. We sometimes I think lose focus and go the wrong directions when talking about this stuff. And he really crystallizes exactly how we should think about this process beginning to end. So, um, You know, this is not something I normally do, but we're happy here at Studios America to endorse a new candidate in the 2024 election. I want you to meet him. I want you to hear from him and understand what he is about. It's going to be up on my YouTube page. Uh, Depending on when you're checking this out, it could be right now. It will be right after the show airs on YouTube. So if you're on our YouTube page already, go uh, click and watch the video. Uh, It should be up right now or within the next couple of minutes. If you're listening to podcasts, you might have to wait until uh, I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to actually be out on the YouTube page. Do not miss it. Watch this video. Learn from this candidate. Learn about the process going forward and wait for it. Wait for it. I think you're going to enjoy it. A 2024 election game changer youtube.com slash does america